Ephesians, and uh, we're starting a new series here uh, about uh, who are you, and basically just our identity in Christ and knowing who we are in Christ, and basically just trying to figure out what is the purpose of us in Christ, and really who we are in this church, and what the church is, and all those types of things. Um, if you had to define yourself in three words, what would those words be? If somebody could define you in three words, what would those words be? What's going through your mind? What's, what's, what are you thinking about? Who are you? Who am I? Am I what I do? An artist, an accountant? A teacher, a pastor, a mother? Am I what I have achieved? Statuses and awards, pay raises, jobs, advancements? Am I the things that I've done right? Or am I the things that I've done wrong? Am I a saint? Am I a sinner? What about what other thinks, thinks about who you are? Funny, ugly, kind, annoying, stupid, worthless? Am I all of these things? Am I none of these things? You see, how we identify ourselves is how we approach life. Many of us are still trying to figure out who we are. And when we don't get the promotion in life, when we don't get what we think that we should achieve or what we don't have, we often tend to spiral out of control because we are identifying ourselves with those things. When our pants fit a little more snugly than they used to, we freak out. When someone questions whether the talent we have is really that good, we are sometimes shaken to the very core of who we are. And the book of Ephesians here has an abundance of wisdom for us and to define for us who we are. And what's amazing about it is we don't have to sit there and try to... Um, make ourselves into something that we're not, Christ has already laid out everything and defined who we are. All we have to do is just experience that and explore that and, and find out what Jesus already says who we are. You see, when we anchor our identity in Christ, the shifting winds of change that inevitably will happen in life won't cause us to sink. Because we find our security and we find our identity in Christ. So we're going to start here in Ephesians chapter number 1. And I want you to look at these very first two verses. And these verses are important because Paul is writing to this church at Ephesus. And he, this is basically his greeting to this church. Now, we can look at this and we can kind of gloss over it and say, well, these verses aren't important. But they are important. Because in order for us to get to the good stuff that's in Ephesians, we have to start where Paul started and basically learning who we are in Christ and asking some very important questions. The book of Ephesians is basically only six chapters long. 
It mostly comprises of 155 verses, and all it would take you is about 20 minutes to read through the entire book. But it's important to slow down and take our time and find out what God has to say about our identity. So look what Paul writes here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So here's the very first question that I think we need to ask if we are going to define our identity. Number one, am I in Christ? This is a huge question that every person that has been born or will ever be born must ask. Am I in Christ? So if we're ever going to have the right understanding of who we are, we must ask, are we in Christ? Because you will never find out who you are until you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, most people tend to think that by being good or doing good things or by being religious, that they have a good standing with God. Nothing could be further from the truth. The truth is, is we cannot be good without God. The truth is, is none of us have any goodness of our own. And that's what makes the gospel so amazing. You see, when we have a relationship with Christ, it's not dependent upon how good I am or how religious I am. It's all dependent upon Jesus Christ. And so when we come to Jesus Christ and we put our faith in Jesus and we trust in Jesus, we have a new identity that has been branded to our life. You see, the Bible tells us that we get this new identity. We are new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and the new has come. We have a new, new creation. We enjoy freedom and not condemnation. Romans 8 verses 1 through 2 says, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. You don't have to be under bondage to sin anymore. If you know Christ Jesus, you are in Christ Jesus, you have been set free from sin. We also find that we have been made right with God and we are forgiven. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. We also find because of this new identity that the Holy Spirit lives in us. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. And God has good plans for you. Jeremiah 29.11 tells us, For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. And you are united with Christ. Ephesians 2.6 says, For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. 
Do you remember what it was like to be in love? My wife and I had the privilege of working with teenagers for nine years. And it was always interesting when you would find out which teen liked the other teen. Because they started acting really strange. They started taking a bath. They started wearing deodorant. (laughs) There were some new things that happened in their life that completely radically changed the way that they lived. Do you remember what it was like when you first came into a relationship with Jesus Christ? There's definitely some radical changes that had been made in your life, some things, some new things that had happened. And so when we ask and we trying to define our identity, we are living in an, in, a, in an identity crisis now. So many people trying to define who they are by what they do or in what they participate in. But if you know Christ as your Savior, are you in Christ? If you know Christ as your Savior... Your identity has already been defined. You're a new creation. You have a new identity that's been given to you. Notice what Paul says about these that are in Christ. Look what he says. To the saints who are in Ephesus and are faithful, are full of faith in Christ Jesus. What does that have to do with defining our identity? You see, these believers in Jesus had learned to trust Christ. They had learned to rely upon Christ for their every need, for everything that they had in their life. They depended upon him. After Jesus' resurrection, we find in John chapter number 20 that Jesus was showing himself alive to many of the, uh, the disciples. And remember Thomas? Remember they, they told Thomas and they said, Thomas, Thomas, do you know the Lord is resurrected? We, we know that the Lord is resurrected. And Thomas said, well, you know what? I I won't believe it until I can put my finger in the holes of his hands. And if I can put my hand up into his side, I won't believe it. And we read there in John chapter 20 that the disciples were in the room there. The doors all being shut and Jesus appears to them. And he sees Thomas and he says to Thomas, he says, Thomas, here, put your finger, put your finger in my hands, Thomas. Put your hand up in my side. And what was Thomas's exclamation at that point? He said, my Lord and my God. He had been radically changed from that moment. He had realized that this resurrected Christ, my Lord and my God, there was a dependency upon him. He had changed. If you could describe your faith life, what would it look like? Would it be of little faith? Would it be, Lord, increase my faith? Or would it be great faith? Paul writes to them and he says, to those that are faithful in Christ Jesus. Are you dependent upon Christ for your very life? Are you full of faith? And so when we define our identity, we begin with the gospel. And we turn our eyes to Christ It's what Christ has already said about us. Not what the world is trying to preach to us, but what Jesus already says about us. We find here in in, throughout the whole book of Ephesians, the phrase, and we'll see it as we go through the book, you'll find this phrase, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ, in Christ. 27 times throughout the entire book of Ephesians, that phrase is used. 
Why do you think Paul was, was inspired to write those words in Christ? It was for remembrance. Because we as people, we often tend to forget that our dependency is in Christ. We forget that our identity is in Christ. You see, being satisfied in Jesus is the key to understanding who we really are in Jesus. You see, you need your identity to be enthralled with the person and the work of Jesus Christ. You need to be so enamored with him and so, so captivated by him that he is your one desire. He is the one that you love. He is most precious to you. And that's where we find our identity is in Christ. So am I in Christ? And that leads us here to this second thing. Not only am I in Christ, but am I fulfilled in Christ? You see, when we want to define our identity, we must remember that there are certain things in our lives that we tend to align with that bring value and fulfillment. Sometimes people find value and they find their identity in, in finding value and fulfillment in certain things in their life. But outside of Christ, outside of Jesus Christ, nothing can satisfy. Proverbs chapter 27, 20 says, Just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Our desires outside of Jesus Christ are never satisfied. Never. Many people try to find fulfillment in their job, their relationships, their spouse, their kids, their possessions. It never satisfies. Never. It won't bring any satisfaction. But Jesus does. Jesus satisfies our deepest desires, our deepest longings within our heart. Jesus satisfies those. And so that's why I asked the question when we were talking about trying to identify and try to understand our identity. Are you satisfied in Jesus Christ? Is Jesus enough for you? Or do you need Jesus plus something else? Because if you need Jesus plus something else, you're missing out on what the gospel is all about. It should just be Jesus and Jesus alone. That's it. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus told us that he gives us living water and whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So see, if we are in Christ, then we need to be satisfied with Jesus Christ. In these few verses here, in this, in this greeting that Paul makes to this church at Ephesus, I want you to see these two things, and this should, these two things are, are prominent in when we learn what our identity in Christ is. Look what he says here. In verse number two, he says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. That pretty much sums up everything that we need to be fulfilled and find our identity in Jesus Christ. Grace and peace. 
The Los Angeles Times reported several years ago a story of a man and his wife who had died in their apartment. And when they went there to the apartment to examine what was going on, they found this couple. They were extremely malnourished. They had not been eating. And further examination as they were digging around through the apartment stuff, they found in the closet several little bags of paper. And within these bags, they collected a sum of $40,000. You think that's kind of weird, don't you? Here's a couple that had $40,000 sitting in their apartment in money, in bags, but yet they were so malnourished that they died because they didn't eat. That's strange, isn't it? There's a story of a lady known in American history known as Hetty Green. She was also known as the Witch of Wall Street. Hetty Green was a hoarder of wealth and spent as little money as possible. When she died in 1916, she had left an estate value at $100 million. But Hetty Green was such a penny pincher that she said that she ate cold oatmeal because it was too expensive to heat the water to warm it. Her son had a severe leg injury and it was so severe and she was such a, 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 a tight person with money that she went around looking for a free clinic to help her son with her leg, with his leg, and she couldn't find one and it lingered for such a long time that her son had to have his leg amputated. Instead of Hetty Green, that she ended up having a stroke and in order to help her health, the doctor prescribed to her to start doing things a little bit more healthier. And she contested to buying skim milk instead of whole milk because it was cheaper. And she actually hastened her death. Now that's a strange person. Somebody that has so much money and actually encourages their own death by drinking skim milk and eating cold oatmeal. But you know, Christians are a lot like that too. You say, what kind of Christians are like that, Mike? Well, the kind of Christian who doesn't understand who they are in Christ. The kind of Christian who wanders through life with a case of spiritual malnutrition, who doesn't know where the feast is. The kind of Christian who tries to find fulfillment in everything and anything else except Jesus Christ. You see, when we read these words, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, what does that say to you? What is Paul saying to me? What is Paul saying to you? What is he trying to get across to us? You see, Paul didn't write to them, hello, how are you guys doing today? He didn't say, how are you? How are things going? No, when he wrote to this church at Ephesus, he says, grace to you. That's awesome. God's loving grace to you. Can you imagine if we spoke like that to people when we went and met them? When you had a first meeting, grace to you. What does that mean? 
I'm extending God's love to you, God's grace to you. You see, it was a constant reminder that everything they were and everything that they valued and held dear was a result of God's grace. And it's all of grace. Grace is the fountain of all the blessings. I mean, everything that we have, everything that we, that we get to experience in life in Jesus Christ all comes and stems from the grace of God. And so it's through God's marvelous grace that sinners are delivered from their sins and brought into a saving relationship with a holy God by the work of God on their behalf. What is better than God's undeserved favor upon your life? A hundred million dollars? To have the riches of the world, to have the popularity of the world, for the world to say, boy, that guy is one cool dude. Is there anything better than having God's undeserved favor upon your life? Nothing. And so when we talk about our identity in Christ, God's grace, that's something that we can identify with. That's something that we should align ourselves with and say, I have the grace of God in my life. I know who I am in Christ Jesus and I should be fulfilled in Christ because of his grace. Look at this second thing here. He talks about peace. You see, because I have grace from God, I have peace with God. And it's because of his grace that we have his peace. Because if it hadn't been for the grace of God, we wouldn't have the peace of God. You see, it refers, peace refers to a state of harmony and well-being. It's basically a state of untroubled tranquility. Do you have peace in your life? You say, Mike, you don't know what's been going on in my life. It's been troublesome waters. It's been some hard and difficult situations. But we're talking about the peace of God. Have you been reconciled with the Father through Jesus Christ? Have you been satisfied in him? Ephesians chapter 2 verses 14 through 17 says, For he himself is our peace who has made us both one and has broken down in his flesh the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing the law of commandments and expressed in ordinances that he might create in himself one new man in place of the two, so making peace. And might reconcile us both to God in one body through the cross, thereby killing the hostility. Are you fulfilled in the peace of God? Are you fulfilled and satisfied in Jesus Christ? Christ? Are you looking around for other things to find fulfillment? Notice the source of where this fulfillment comes from. Look what he says. Grace to you and peace from, from who? God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. It's all from God the Father and it's all from Jesus Christ. You can't get this anywhere else. You can't get it from a friend. You can't get it from the used bookstore. You can't get it at the convenience store. You can only find this fulfillment from God and Jesus Christ. And you'll see that this is a recurring theme throughout this book. And that is that you might know who you are in Christ Jesus. That everything that you are, everything that God says about you that is true, comes from God the Father 
and Jesus Christ. So are you fulfilled in him? If you had to list some things, write them out, would you say, I am fulfilled in Jesus Christ? Can you say that? Can I say that? Can this church collectively, can we as this church say that we are fulfilled and satisfied in Jesus Christ? If not, that means that we are looking for our identity in other things other than Jesus. So I pray as we explore this awesome book of Ephesians that we will come to understand who we are in Christ and come to understand that our identity is only found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And may we find our identity in him and be satisfied with him. Let's pray together.